Let's go to the passage today, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 to 32. While we're going there, say hello to everyone here and also say hello to everyone joining us online. We have our podcasts um, that do run. Um, If you miss a Sunday or you were distracted and you want to listen to the sermon again, um, they're all on the podcast, so you can find us there. Um, and it's been great, actually. We, we, we've had some great feedback about the podcast. And uh, if you miss my voice, you can just go to the podcast, and it's like I'm there. Okay? I'm just I'm with you. <laughs> it's creepy. Okay, Leviticus 27. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value of it. Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. Amen. We started a new sermon series last week to do with our spring sowing, and we, 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 we titled it The Art of Giving. And we're looking at different money matters. Last week, we looked at the idea that when we give our offering to God, when we give our offering to God, it's not just whatever we got in our pocket, whatever we got left over, but it's actually an act of worship. Just like we worship God through our songs, just like we worship God through our words, we can actually worship God with our finances and our offering. And I hope that you felt that, like, uh, especially when you came to give your offering last week. And, and you know, as I said, we're only going to be doing it for a month. But when you came up and gave your offering at the altar, I hope that you felt that idea about it's not just putting money in a basket, but it's, it's worshiping God. Uh, today, we move from that idea of, of giving being uh, worship, and we move to the idea of giving being obedience. Everyone say obedience. And I want to start with a simple question tonight. Are we obliged to give? As Christians, as believers of God, is it an obligation? Are we obliged to give? And it seems like a very simple question, but I can tell you, if we did a survey, we'd have a very variety of different answers. And what I want to do is instead of trying to get everyone's different opinions about this question, I want to go straight to the Bible and I want to teach on the idea of what it means to give. Okay? The first instance of giving, and and so we're going to do a little bit of a a run through the Bible. The first instance of giving or offering in the Bible is found in Genesis 4, right? Where the children of Adam and Eve, so we know Adam and Eve, okay, they're the first humans. Okay, they had kids. Name of the two kids are? Cain and Abel, that's amazing. Nick Lee answered that one, okay? Okay, I'm just saying, man, he's been listening during Sunday school. Who would have thought? Cain and Abel had a brother, Nick. What's his name? Okay, okay. Maybe we're asking for too much from there. Uh, Cain and Abel, they're farmers, and they come to God, and, and they offer to God. Okay, and we see this Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. 
And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The uh, looked, is that a typo? Anyway. And we know the story, right? God accepts the offering of Abel, but he rejects the offering of Cain. Okay? Now, there's two things that I want us to understand from this first moment of offering. Uh, is this, firstly, God's people bring an offering back to God. Okay? Right from the beginning. Okay? It's not like suddenly one day, you know, God's, God said you need to bring back offering. You know, it's not like it was an, a spontaneous decision. It's always been like that. Okay? And I'll get to the reasons of that later. But the second thing is this. We have to understand that not all offering is necessarily accepted or approved by God. Okay? Don't get mistaken. Don't think that whatever I bring to God, that God should be happy with that and that should be good enough for Him because clearly there's a difference. Clearly there's a difference in the Bible that shows that there are some offerings that God accepts and God is pleased with and there are some that are not. So what does this mean? It means that there is a responsibility from our perspective of the one who is giving to God. We must be responsible for what we give. We must be responsible for the offering that we bring or give. Now, the, the, the tradition of offering continues, and when we get to Moses... Right, And when we get to the Mosaic law, this idea of offering becomes law. Okay, It's not just a, a normality, but it becomes a law in the nation of Israel, in God's people. And this is where the introduction of the concept of the tithe is. Okay, And that's the passage we read today, Leviticus 27, 30-32. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or, or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. Okay, I'm going to do some teaching. The tithe in English literally means one-tenth, okay? One-tenth, okay? So when God commanded the tithe, when God commanded His people, the Israelites, bring me your tithe, it means bring me 10%. But it's not just any 10%. It's the first 10%, okay? We need to understand this, okay? And this is whether... You, you were producing uh, crops, okay, or whether you were uh, uh, an animal farmer, okay? So when you harvest the first 10%, you would bring back to the temple, you'd bring back to God because that was God's. That was God's part, okay? Same with animals, right? You go one, the first animal is God, and then nine you have left, okay? Now, under Mosaic law, Right, which is the law of God to his people, there's not actually just one tithe. Okay, there's actually three different tithes. And I want to show you this because I think it's really relevant to where we are now. Okay, the first tithe is this the regular tithe. Okay, the normal tithe. Okay. And the regular tithe is was for the to, to support the, the work of the temple and the workers of the temple. 
Okay, Numbers 18.21. I give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving at the tent of meeting. Okay? So, 12 tribes of Israel, everyone brings their tithe, their regular tithe to the temple. And there's one tribe that doesn't work. They don't have land. They don't have animals. And they're the Levites. They're the priests. Right? But they're going to eat, right? They're going to live. So, you know, this was God's economical plan to support his people. That 11 tribes go out, they work, and they bring 10%, and then that 10% is used to support the Levites. Now, even the Levites, they then had to tie 10% too. Okay? Now, secondly, the, number one, there's the regular tithe. Okay? Secondly, there's what we call the festival tithe. Okay, which was a tithe that was specific as for the celebration uh, of a required feast. Okay, Deuteronomy 16, 16, 7. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose. At the festival of the unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of the tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. Okay, so these are three specific tithes, okay, given at uh, uh, specific times uh, alongside these festivals, okay, for specific reasons, okay? So you got the regular tithe, you got the festival tithe, and finally, you have the charity tithe, Okay? Given every third year to Levites, wanderers, the fathers, and the widow. Deuteronomy 14, 28, 29. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your town so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. This is the charity tithe. Okay? Now, God commanded his people to give support in these three areas. Regular, festival, and charity. Funny enough, many thousand years on, that's exactly the same categories that we give our tithe to even today. Okay? So we have... Firstly, we have our regular tithe, right? And the regular tithe goes to paying for the work of the temple, the work of the church. So it goes to paying for the rent. It goes to paying for bills. It goes to paying for salaries, for, for the ministers, the staff, and then future staff, okay? That's the regular tithe. That's what we pay for, okay? That's where the money goes to. Okay, now, the, some people, I love it, they go, hey, so what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a pastor. I said, uh, how do you get paid? Does God pay you? And I'm like, yeah, God pays me. And then, they, then, 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 then I lose them, right? <laughs> right? That's how God pays. God pays the ministers and pastors of his work through his people. Okay, that's what we call the regular tithe. It doesn't just fall out of the sky. I'd love if it did right? It just doesn't, okay? Now, we have our festival tithe, okay? Our festival tithes are our one-offs, okay? We don't do it as much, okay? Um, I guess the closest thing to us would be the, the spring sowing project, right? We take a specific, uh, we take a specific uh, moment within our church, 
And, and we sow into that or we give into that. I know some other churches, they do that for Christmas. I know some churches do that for Thanksgiving Day. You know, festival times. One-off uh, giving that are used for specific purposes. And then finally, we have our charity tithe. Okay? Now, we don't have a charity tithe. What we have is a charity account. We have a missions account. Right? So, for those that don't know, every dollar that comes into our church, 10% of that automatically goes into a separate account. And that account is called our missions account. And that account is used specifically for things outside of our church. So things like missions, overseas or local. Things like local charities. We've had people come in, into our church that can't afford food for the next week. That's where the charity tithe or our missions account gets used and has been getting used, right? It's pretty cool, right? Thousands of years ago when God commanded the regular tithe, the, the festival tithe, and the charity tithe, even now, it's still the same. It's still the same. And we give, and this is where all of our finances go. Now, the big question is theologically, right? is, okay, that's Mosaic law. That's Old Testament law. That's Israel. Is tithing, the 10%, is tithing relevant, firstly, in the New Testament, and secondly, is it relevant to us? The question is, are we called to tithe? Right? Are we commanded to tithe? And I think that's a really important question. Now, let me, let me deal with the first one, right? The, the, first, the first one is this. When Jesus came, he, he preaches on tithe. A uh, little bit controversial, but there are different views on this. But there is support that tells us that Jesus preaches on the tithe. Okay? And this comes from Matthew chapter 23, 23, when he's talking to the Pharisees. And he's rebuking them. And he says this. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former, without neglecting the former. What Jesus is saying is, you should have done all of them. So it's not that when Jesus came, he said, you don't need to give the tithe anymore. Okay? Uh, Jesus did not come to dismiss the law, but he came to fulfill the law. Right? But but something happened after Jesus died and resurrected and he ascended into heaven. When we look at the first picture of the first church, suddenly the idea of tithes gets switched. It changes. Okay? And, and I feel like a new system of giving comes in. Not that the tithe is irrelevant, but a new system comes in. Acts chapter 4 verse 32 gives us a picture of the first church. Okay? All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. See, I think the shift came when the first church was established that it wasn't like everyone sat there and go, okay, guys, you need to give your tithe. You need to give your tithe. 
The picture that is shown in the first church is that there was no one in need. There was no one in need. And, and it shows us, for some people, they might have brought their 10%. But then some people, they would sell houses, they would sell land, and they would bring all of that to the church, and then the church through the leadership would distribute that so that no one was in need. Can I tell you how beautiful that picture is? How pure and beautiful that picture is. That, that imagine we as a community or the global church, we gave not because it was uh, a, a legal requirement or not because it was some kind of guilt or shame thing inside of us, but we gave because we loved our brothers and sisters so much that if we had a bit of extra, that we could support someone that was in a little bit of need. I've seen it happen over the years, and it's beautiful. I've seen people sacrifice. Sometimes, sometimes I, I feel like I want to reject their offering. Some people have offered things, and I'm like, dude, you can't afford this. And they tell me, but I can, and, I, you know, and I'll make up with it. I'll, I'll, I'll make up later. I've seen the sacrificial giving of the church and the community, and it is beautiful. It is a beautiful picture that God presents. And I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens in our hearts. It's not a legalistic idea. I'll just say what I think, okay? This is what I think, okay? I think the tithe is a great guide. Okay, I don't think that, that the Bible dismisses the tithe, nor do I think that it goes, you need to give 10%, because I think that the picture of the first church shows us that it's not as simple as 10% or nothing. I think every church has different needs. I think every church has different seasons of needs. I think there are times where we're called to give more. There are times where we're called to save. Depends on where, what God's doing. Right? But I think the tithe is a great guide. Here's the thing about the tithe. The tithe is not you came. So no one tithes on the spur. You, you can't just go, okay, what do I have in my pocket? Is that 10%? Okay, close enough, 9.82%. Okay, let's just give that today. Okay, the, the thing about the tithe, and I think what God's really pressing is you need to prepare. It's like worship. When we come to God in worship, okay, you don't just come to God and give Him the leftovers. You need to prepare your heart and your mind, your strength and your soul to worship Him and to love Him. And it's exactly the same. When we tithe, it means you need to think about, number one, how much am I earning? Okay? And another way to put that is, how much is God giving me? And I'll get to that at the end. How much is God blessing me with? Right? And then what's 10% of that? Okay? And don't ask me, do I tithe off my gross income? Do I tithe off my net income? Okay? You, you, you do whatever you feel like. We prayerfully consider, we prayerfully prepare, and instead of a spur-of-the-moment spontaneous give, we give to God. God takes giving seriously. You know, God took giving very seriously on, on, in the Old Testament because that's how He operated His economy. He takes our giving very seriously as well. Why? Because he takes obedience seriously. 
Because he knows that where our treasures lie, that's where our heart will be. Right? We're offering God our treasures. And wherever that treasure is, God already knows that that's where our heart is invested into. So God takes our treasures and our offering very seriously. In the Old Testament, there's, 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 an, uh, there's a passage in Malachi where the Israelites get rebuked very harshly because they were not obedient in giving of their tithes. And this comes in Malachi 3, 6 to 12. Let me read this. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Verse 8. Will a me mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be, any, uh, there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God says, you are robbing me. I love that. See, sometimes we think that when we don't give to God, right, the tithe, let's just use the tithe as the example, right, that we just think, well, someone else will give that. Can I tell you, God is less concerned about your giving than about your obedience in the giving. He's more concerned about your heart behind the giving than the amount of dollars and cents that you give. He's more concerned about your heart towards him. Right? Three things to note in this passage, right? It's crazy. It's, it's the one time in the Bible that God accuses the, the people of Israel of robbing him. He accuses people, the, the Israelites, of being adulterous, you know, worshipping other idols. This is the one and only time that he says, you're robbing me. You're robbing me. You're withholding it. You're robbing me. The second thing to understand, God is so confident with this promise of blessing and obedience that it's the one time in the Bible that he says, test me. I dare you to test me. He says, Give, bring me your tithe. See that I don't dare me to not bless you. Right? It's the only time that God challenges us, his people, to test him. And the third thing to note is that God promises to pour abundant blessings on his people when they tithe. Now, before people start getting nervous about, like, are we starting, is Pastor Child become a prosperity gospel preacher right now? Like, you know, like, if you give, you will receive. You know what? Before we go there, God is a prosperous God. Okay? Let me just say that God is a prosperous God. Okay, I don't, God is not a prosperity gospel God, but God is a prosperous God. Okay, God is a rich God that wants to bless. He wants to. 
the reason I feel like he doesn't is not because of, he's not withholding that from us. He's, we're not opening up to him. When we give our tithe, we've got to understand that, that it's an act of obedience. You know, let's go back to the first question, right? Are we obliged to give? And I would say, yes, we are obliged to give. We're called to be responsible for our community. We're called to be responsible to help the needy, the poor. You know, a lot of the time people struggle with the tithe because it's 10%. It's funny, right? Poor people struggle with the tithe because they think, oh my God, out of a dollar, I have to give 10 cents. And man, that 10 cents is so much. It's like if I take out 10 cents and I've only got 90 cents left, then how am I going to live off 90 cents? That's the poor side of things. You know how rich people struggle with the tithe? Because the tithe is so big. Oh my God, I have to give, you know, $100,000 out of the million? Oh my God. Can I personally share the tithe is something in my life that I struggled with for many, many years. When I was poor, I struggled with it. When I was not as, I'm not rich, so when I was not as poor as that, I still struggle with it. And you know what? I think one of the reasons why I struggle with it is because I never saw it as a, as, as, as a sign of obedience. I just thought it was a good thing. It's a good thing to give to God. And it's a good thing to give to the church. I never saw it as it's what God commanded. And I think sometimes we miss this. Sometimes we think that offering and giving is just like, oh, you know, if we have a little, then we can give. If we don't, eh, no big deal, someone else will give. But it's not like that for God. And I wouldn't go to the point of saying, if you don't tithe, you're robbing God. But I'm, I, I would come to the point where I would say, if you're not tithing, then you're not being obedient. Then you're not obeying God. And I think that's an issue. Because you've got to remember, friends, the tithe is 10% of the 100% that God gives you. The tithe is only hard. The tithe is only hard when you see it from your perspective. When you think in your mind, I've earned this money. This is the money that my blood, sweat, and tears have earned you know, I put in the eight hours a week, 40 hours a week, eight hours a week, that's a great job, 40 hours a week, you know, I'm the one who's out there making this money. God, I'll give you 10 and I'll keep the 90. That is completely wrong. God has given you everything. God has given you everything. Every dollar that you have in your bank is from God because of God, not because of you. It's foolish for us to think. How foolish it is for us to think that we control even our finances. You cannot control the breath that comes in and out of your lungs, and yet you think that you can control the money that comes in and out? You think that you can invest it and you can make it work well for you when God says, hey, tonight I can take your life away just like this. What are you investing into? Foolish. God blesses us with 100% of what we have. What we do as we give back the tithe is say, God, thank you. 
God, thank you for every dollar that I have. I'm going to give back to you, whether it be the tithe of 10% or whether it be to do with the needs of the church. I'm going to give that back to you as a sign of gratitude, as a sign of love. And then, here's the other mistake, and you need to hear this well. When you give your tithe and offering to God, this does not automatically license you to do whatever you want with the 90%. God gives you that 90% to support you, your family, your ministry, your work, so that you can use that 90% to go and be the salt and light in the world. Hey, 100% of that money is God and all for God's kingdom. Isn't that the same with our lives? 100% of our lives is for God. See, this is what I was talking about last week about the idea of compartmentalization. When we get stuck in the idea of compartmentalization, we go, Sunday, we're a Christian, so we're going to worship God with our time, with our offering, with our, with our body and things like that. And then Monday to Saturday, we do whatever we want. And we do that with our finances too. Oh, I've given my tithe. I've given my offering. So 90%, I'm going to do whatever I want. No, 90% God gives you to honor Him. We forget that part. Everything that we have is for God because it's from God. No one here can produce a dollar from thin air. Every blessing is from God. John 14, 15 reads this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Friends, can I tell you, your giving, your offering, and your tithe is less about the dollars and cents than it is about your relationship with the eternal God. He is more concerned about your relationship and, and where you guys sit in that relationship than the amount of money that comes in. You know, Deuteronomy 28, right? It's this amazing chapter, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but if you have a chance, Deuteronomy 28 is an amazing chapter, and we go back to the Old Testament. And, and, and we look at this idea that God is more concerned about our heart than the dollars and cents, right? And this is really consistent to the character of God, because in Deuteronomy 28, he's talking to the Israelite people, and he tells them that that there's a list of blessings, and it's an amazing list of blessings, right? Blessings of wealth, provision, family, children, land, health. And then there's this massive list of curses, right? Illness, you know, all the other bad things that can happen in your life, right? And whether God blesses you or whether God curses you, it comes down to obedience. Right? Let me read Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Can I tell you the, the difference between a life of blessing and a life of curse is down to this word obedience. 
It's not about how much money you give. We need to move away from, oh, I gave 5,000 bucks. God, I should be good for a while. You know, it's not some kind of tank that if you kind of fill up and fill up and fill up, like you get some kind of heavenly credit. No, it's a question of whether you were obeying God in your relationship with him or not. The challenge of our tithe is not can you give. The challenge of the tithe is do you love God enough to worship him? Do you love him enough to trust him? Right? Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else I will give to you. The giving of our tithe is obedience that is inspired by our love for God. Tonight I ask you, not will you give. Tonight I ask you, does this make you feel guilty or ashamed? And not at all. I really struggle with this part, and and this is where I want to close, because I don't want you to walk out, and I don't want to be the preacher's like, do not rob God. Do not rob God. How dare you rob God, you sinful being. And I don't want you to walk out feeling bad, like, oh my God, I've robbed God. I've never even robbed 7-Eleven, but I've robbed God, you know? I don't want you to feel bad. You know, I'm really trying to, uh, one of the, the, there was this line that I heard years ago, and as a preacher, I'm really trying my best to do this, and that when we preach that we shouldn't be beating up the church, but we should be building up the church. And I really struggle with this because uh, there is a clear rebuke. There is a clear rebuke in the Bible that says, when you don't obey God, you are disobeying God and he will curse you. Right? He, he, He will not bless you. There is a clear rebuke. And I don't want to sugarcoat that. But I want to tell you that it all starts from the love of God, our relationship with God. If we love him, then we'll obey him. And if we obey him, we'll obey him with all areas of our life, not just worship, not just Sunday, not just Sunday evenings, but even with our finances, all of our finances. I want you to be blessed. I want God to bless you. I want God to bless your your family. I want God to bless your marriage. I want God to bless your health. I want God to bless your business. I want God to bless your income. I want you to live under the blessing of God. But you've got to be in good stead with God. You've got to trust him, not just in the good times, but in the hard times. I pray that you would love him. That you would love him enough. That you would obey him. And that you would obey him enough. That you would obey him with everything.
trust Him. I know for some of us, the reality is that dollars and cents, they, they control our lives. Our greatest insecurity is like, how much money do I have in my bank account? Or how much money can I make? Or how much money should I be making? And so many of us are tied into that. And my question is, what are you trusting? Are you trusting in God? Or are you trusting in those dollars and cents? God says, trust me. I'm the one that gave you all the money you've got now anyway. I'm the one that's going to look after you. He says, trust me. Love me, obey me. Amen. Let's pray.